0: Hello there, Star Wars fans, and welcome to Spark of Rebellion. This is your weekly Star Wars podcast coming at you from a galaxy far, far away. hope you guys are all doing well and staying safe and healthy and all that stuff, and that you're, more importantly, staying home. Whatever you're doing, enjoying Star Wars or any Star Warsy stuffs, stuff, make sure you're at home doing that. My name's Gary, one of your hosts. Welcome to episode 51. It's great to have you back for another week if you've just jumped on board. This is Spark of Rebellion. We uh, try to fill you in on what's going on in the world of Star Wars each and every week, and uh, we try to do a bit of review and discussion and a bit of silliness here, here and there. So it's great to have you with us. If you are, you probably want to subscribe to the show. Just head over to whatever podcast app you listen to your podcast on, or head over to Spark of Rebellion forward slash Listen. You can find all the links there. So it'd be great to have you as a sub, so you don't miss a show when that lands every single Saturday. And we're on the socials as well, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Just do a search for Spark of Rebellion. We chat Star Wars throughout the week, which is great. So we'd love to interact with you over there as well. And to all of our patrons, thank you so much for your continued support. Love you guys. If you want to support the show, if you like what we do here, head over to patreon.com forward slash Spark of Rebellion. You can jump on board uh, to a number of different tiers there. Get yourself some SOR swag and whatnot. And we'd love to have you as as a support. It'd be good. So joining me as always... The guy who, I'm looking at him right now, he's making quarantine look pretty damn good to be honest with you. He, he complimented me last week on my uh, my self-isolating beard and all that stuff, but this guy's taken it to a whole new level with his, what looks like his gardening look. It's looking very, very good. How you doing, buddy? Mr. Mark Asquith.
1: Hello, mate. Uh, yeah, I've been gardening today, um, and then Cave turned up, threw some halloumi over the fence at me from two metres, so that was nice.
0: Was it two metres? you sure? Uh,
1: it was a lot, uh, lot longer than two metres, actually. He's got a right-left arm on him. But it, uh, it startled me because he shaved his head. So, Cave, you look horrible, mate. Oh, damn. <laughs> Good to see you. Yeah. <laughs> the listeners will be uh, aware of Cave. He's been on the show before. And uh, I should also shout out as well that we've got a brand-new patron. So I want to give a shout-out to our new Patreon follower, uh, Mr. Phil Mahomey Derek, w- which is a sweet-ass name. Phil Mahomey Derek. Which might be one of the best names um, I've heard this week, because hmm. I don't know if I don't know if it's Phil or Derek, but either way, it's Mahome. So either way, that's pretty badass. <laughs> so welcome, man. Thank you for thank you for jumping in there. We appreciate that one. Um, how are you doing, dude? How's the week been for you? All right?
0: Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, uh, big thank you to uh, to Mahome. Welcome aboard, dude. Good to have you on board. Uh, yeah, the week's been um, yeah not too bad. Uh, I haven't done too much. In the way of Star Warsy stuffs, the only thing I've done is continued with the old, the old Clone Wars rewatch. So I've watched maybe another three, perhaps four episodes on that, which is pretty cool. And I also realised I need to get my my Goodreads in order as well. I've got about three or four Star Wars books to um to get on the review stuff on there and geek out a little bit on the book stuff. So that left me with a, a bit of a conundrum about what Star Wars book to read next because. Like you, at the end of last year, I thought, holy crap, I've read a ton of Star Wars books this year. So I do need to, to branch out and read some other stuff. So I've, I've read some other books so far this year that are not Star Wars, but I do want to get back into the old Star Wars run. So I need to decide on the next book, dude. And I can't decide at the minute. So any ideas? All right.
1: Well, what have you not read that was talked about?
0: Alphabet Squadron. All right. Um, the Han Solo book. Uh, last Shot.
1: Oh, yeah, Last Shot. Yeah, 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 yeah That's yeah, on the shelf yeah, yeah, yeah. as well.
0: And also the Third Thrawn
1: book. Oh, do you know what? F- do that one, finish it off, and let's right. chat about that one because uh, I had mixed feelings about that one because of how they set up like the first and the second one and then you know some of the stuff in the third one. Yeah, d- do that one, dude. Smash that one out, and then we can do a sesh on it.
0: And just like that, that's how it normally works, listeners. I normally say, Mark, what, what's the crack? And he mm-hmm. barks an order. And then yeah. it's it's that. There's no discussion about it. It's like, Gary, do that. So yeah. I just do That's
1: that. That's why they call me Bark Obama, because I bark, bark stuff and it's always right.
0: I need it though, mate. I need it. Otherwise, we'll just go around in circles. Maybe do that, maybe do that. So thanks, man. All right. The, the third Thrawn book is, uh, is up next then. So yeah, what have you been up to, mate? Anything?
1: What's your chair called? I'm looking at you now. This is amazing, right? So you've got, what's that chair called behind you? Like, what are you sat on? Noble chairs, right? The hilarity of this, the hilarity of this is that you and me are talking. And as we're talking, everything is blocked out on that chair, apart from the word knob, which is basically like you're sat there and it just says, in the chair, here sits
0: knob. So, yep, hold on, let me just get the camera right. There you go.
1: The chair, there we go. The so, right, nub. I'm going to screenshot this and put it in the show notes, right? So let's get that. There we go. Knob. <laughs> 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 right. So I'm going to screenshot that. I'm going to stick it in the show notes. It's uh, for this is in fact, Do you know what? I'm not. I'm going to make this a Patreon exclusive picture of Gary with <laughs> the word knob.
0: <laughs> yeah. The chair of knob. Quite a fitting title, really, I suppose.
1: Mate. That yeah. is outstanding. Um, what have I done Star Wars in this week? I actually, um, I've been a little bit like you. Like, I got back into Xbox. Like, I know I texted you the other day, and this is how, this is how we always work. Like, I, I think I've discovered something brand new in, in gaming, and you're like, yeah, mate, I already got that. So I've been back on Battlefront and uh, then got back into this into this Call of Duty Warzone thing that I text you about, and you're like, yeah, mate, completed it. So, I'm like, all right, <laughs> calm down. So I, I thought I was doing really well, because I was like, yeah, look, I know how to load a gun. Um so I've been doing a lot of that stuff, but that's really then forced me into like um into playing Battlefront 2 a little bit, which is really badass. Like it's just got better and better since the last time I played it. It's like even the loading screen with like the Sith Trooper and all the different trooper helmets. I'm like, what is going on? This has just got miles better. Um so that's been good. And then much like you, it's been Clone Wars. So I finished the Clone Wars movie off. And then I watched um, one of my favorite episodes, which is um, the first introduction to Domino Squad, the um, the one where you, get, you meet Heavy and Fives and Echo. You know, they're the squad that aren't really very good um, to start with. So, that in the chronology coming from StarWars.com, like that's the f- third or fourth one to watch, which is from episode uh, season three. So, it's been really badass watching that. Uh, I really enjoyed that. I've been really enjoying digging into that one. Um, and been doing a little bit of Disney Plus digging, like seeing what else is on there. And that just leads me to Mary Poppins Returns. And, you know, that's a rabbit hole you don't want to go down. As beautiful as Emily Blunt is, I do not want to get into Mary Poppins Returns when you've got, I can't even say it, Mary Poppins Returns. When you've got, like, The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi and I'm like, ooh, look, Mary Poppins. You know, bloody distracting, mate.
0: Well, yeah, sometimes you do You do need a break. And what, what better film to, to have, you know, to break Star Wars up than Mary Poppins. Is it Mary Poppins Returns, or is it Return of Mary? That does sound Star wars doesn't it?
1: does, does it? Return of Mary Poppins in a galaxy far, far away. Oh, the this only need to transport <laughs> is an umbrella.
0: Yeah, it's a bit too magic for Star Wars, though. Chim chimney,
1: chim Jiminy.
0: Although you could be mistaken for thinking that she can use the force. I haven't seen the second Mary Poppins, mate, much to my, much to your disgust, I know. But in the first mm-hmm. one, I remember that she does some, she can move things around. She uses the force quite heavily.
1: Could be a link. Well, you know, there. she was a Jedi as well. Like, Obi want to be trying it on. Well, of course. you he would be like, hello there. Hello there. <laughs> like, like I watched, uh, when I watched the movie the other day, like, you know, he has that little flirting with interest. And he's like, come on, my darling, shall we go again? I'm like...
0: You yeah. sly old dog.
1: Like Alec on the Guinness. Not Alec Guinness. He's on the Guinness. Look at him, the sly old monkey. He is, isn't he? I bet he was a dirty old hound.
0: Oh, in big it, yeah.
1: time. Big time. It's, uh, yeah, he's like, uh, you hmm. know, he leaves Anakin to all. That's that's why they fell out. Not, not anything to do with the dark side. Anakin's just like, look, why do you keep leaving me outside the bars? <laughs> 23. I'm allowed in. And Master Yoda keeps asking, why your lightsaber keeps needing cleaning. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm going to mark this as explicit, I think, this episode.
0: Yeah, that's, <laughs> let's do that because, yeah, I thought we were <laughs> going to go explicit when you said, I've not got into Mary Poppins.
1: Uh, that, well, that could have gone dark. Yeah, a couple of things about that. I have been watching, before we got into an office quote then, I've been watching the, uh, the American office as it goes as well most recently been rewatching that, which is absolutely badass. I love it. It's hilarious.
0: Yeah. A lot of people keep saying that to me. I've never got past the first four or five episodes because, um, and a lot of people say that season one's just a, a bit of a remake of the UK office. Once you get past season two, it starts to pick up and it's really funny. So I just need to get through that, that initial barrier,
1: I think. You really do, dude, because it's one of those things, like the UK office, as as we all know, is the finest piece of TV ever made on all the planet. Sure, And sure. Sure, 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 sure. And it's like what they make you feel for David Brent, that whole like sympathy, but at the same time, you're like, yeah, but come on, you absolute spanner (laughs) is just, they somehow managed to recapture it with Michael Scott, but in such a different way. Um, Right so it's well worth watching and even though like Jim is is just so much like Tim the rest of the characters aren't like Dwight is is like Gareth on steroids um so you've got, yeah you need to watch it man get past it i would say even get past season 1 let it let it roll into season 2 and i think you'll start to appreciate it because i i put it off for a long long time dude put it off for a long time um, yeah but yeah. that's been quarantine week isolation week it's weird isn't it because it's um like there's not much you can do there's not much else you can do. Like, it's not like it's, um, it's not anything bad, you know, being in this isolation. I mean, let's be honest. It's actually, it's, you know, it could be far, far worse. Thankfully, it's not as bad as it could be, but you suddenly realize how much of a bit of a freaking diva you are because it gets to a nighttime, you're like, right, I've played my Xbox, I've done my work, I've done my exercise. Now what? Oh crap, it's only eight o'clock. What am I going to do? So it's just weird times, man. Yeah. Totally weird.
0: So thank God for things like Disney Plus and all that. So, yeah, that's been us. Last week, episode 50, we uh, we ditched the news and everything and we dived into some – we got a bit personal. It was like, Gaz, what would be your dream Star Wars movie? I was like, Mark, I don't know. You tell me what you said. So we had a bit of a – if we could have any kind of dream movie for the next stuff that's coming around, we'd do that. But this week – uh, we are leaving the wishy-washy stuff we're getting down to the hard issues the big news points that are coming in from Star Wars we have got a few bits left over from them plus we got a couple of new bits and the first one is Mr. Mark Hamill has what looks like officially said goodbye to Star Wars completely so we had this a little while ago we had this whole I think he did a similar thing with with the Joker and Batman as well when he recorded his very last audio stuff for the Joker, I think he did a similar thing where he said, yeah, this is it. This is goodbye. The last ever thing. But then he came back. I think he, he came back for the video game or something. And then he came back after that. But for Luke Skywalker, it does look like because he's, he's put out an official, what looks like a, a heartfelt little letter that initially I think was going to go out with the, you know, the big ass 4k Blu-ray box that they put out, I think Best Buy in the U S did it first they included this letter that was part of that. But then Mark Hamill put it out on Twitter anyway, so everybody could read it. And essentially just says, what a great journey it's been over the last 40 years to be involved in Star Wars and all that stuff. And uh, he goes on to say, he mentions Carrie Fisher and stuff, which is quite nice. And uh, and essentially closes off the letter with, uh, "May the Fo-. he's copied us really. Uh, he's listened to the show and thought, I'll sign off with that, sounds good. But he essentially says, may the force be with you always, signs it. And it does feel very... um, Because a lot of people do this on Twitter and socials. A lot of actors, they're like, oh, it's been great doing this. I think Harrison Ford uh, did it with um, the last indie film. It's like, it's been a great journey. This has all been fantastic and I'll see you. You know, not as indie, but you know, whatever. And then he ends up coming back anyway. But this does feel very... uh, Very sort of come full circle for for Mark Hamill. And it does sound like he's done. So I think that's it, mate. I think The Rise of Skywalker was officially the last of Luke Skywalker, mate, as the name suggested.
1: Yeah, man, I get that totally. And he's just, I mean, Mike Hamill's a class act, you know, whether you love him for his voice work or his his work in Star Wars, what you know, wh- whenever you see him interacting with anything, it's, it's just a pure class act. And uh, I think there'll always be that, um, that gratitude from Star Wars fans. And I think so many people have that kind of, maybe a little bitterness towards Disney, you know, which... I think that's that's one of those things that we're just gonna have to live with now you know the fact that Luke maybe didn't get um, the story that perhaps the character arguably deserved, but at least that now draws a line under it theoretically it is what it is and time to move on, you know
0: time to move on yeah and one thing I do like about this this little letter is that he does mention he does mention George as in he says whether you're a relative newcomer or a long-time UPF, ultra-passionate fan, in brackets. I'm deeply thankful for your continued enthusiasm and dedication to George's faraway galaxy, which will continue to grow with new storytellers, blah, blah, blah. So it's really nice that he's he's referenced the very beginning, basically, like George's vision and George's galaxy stuff, which is quite important, really, because as we've gone through the sequel trilogy, I know that George's name has been brought up a few times and he's been involved in certain... I don't know, advisory roles, whatever he, he was doing. But it's important to to have that, I think. You know, this is still George's thing, and even though he stepped away a bit. It's still really nice. So there we go. That's Mark Hamill basically saying, see you on the flip-flop. Uh, kind of, but I'm out of here. So there we go. Uh, moving on. the uh, The High Republic stuff is gaining traction, which is good. So we had this reveal, was it last month or the month before, that the the new era of the main storytelling to come out of Lucasfilm was going to be this new High Republic stuff and they announced a a slew of of books to start off with and before that I I think this you and I talked about this as a bit of a uh, a playground to see if people took to this with books and whatnot and comics and if they did they they might expand it and so on but they've uh, dived into a bit more of the characters the central characters that we're going to see from that era and it's essentially a bunch of a bunch of Jedi knights from the look of it from this. F- it looks like it's going to be from the first story as well, which is, I think is called just, uh, I think it's self titled the high Republic or it's got a subtitle. I can't remember. And, uh, yeah, so we've got a bunch of new Jedi. So we've got Avar Chris, who is, um, looks like a bit of a leader. She's a, one of the, um, sort of higher ranking noble Jedi. She looks kind of cool. We've got load and great storm, He's a, uh, a Twi'lek Jedi Master and he's um, considered to be one of the best teachers in the Order, apparently. We've got somebody called Keeve Trennis, who's a bit of a young Jedi. Looks like she's only just, she's not long been on the, uh, one of the Jedi Masters. And we've got a guy called Stellan Geos, who looks like uh, a, bit, a bit like an Anakin kind of character. He's a bit of a young, sort of cocksure um, uh out on assignments doing his thing looks like he's a bit of a hero uh, a stereotypical hero type of character and then lastly we have somebody called Venestra Von Rowe I think I think it's a silent W I think and uh she's a brand new brand new Jedi Knight so I think she's going to be one of the younger the younger crew if you like um but at least we have got some names to to kick around now so um yeah I think they're slowly drip feeding this information so that when the books do land everybody's familiar with stuff because the last thing they want I'm guessing is another Rise of Skywalker where they just present everything and then it's like oh by the way you have to retrofit your knowledge about this and go back and read stuff I think they're doing it the other way now it's like here's all the character info here's what's going to happen here's everything so that by the time you get to these stories you're kind of familiar with what's going on which is a good thing
1: yeah it's, it's a weird one this because it's I don't know I don't like, I don't know what I feel about this. Like, there's nothing that's exciting me about any of these things. um. And the reason for that is that it's just... It, like, it just feels very stereotypical. So let's go through these. Avar, um, Chris. The brightest, most noble example. Right. That's the one that is just the completely incorruptible one, theoretically. Then you've got Lord and Great Storm, which is the teacher. You know, that is the Miyagi. That's the Yoda. That's the Alec Guinness Obi-Wan. And then you've got the... Uh, The classic Keith Trennis, who is the person that has got way much more talent than they believe, and you can tell that because she's got a cool haircut and she's got a a dual wielding lightsaber style thing like Darth Maul had, but she don't believe in herself and she's impulsive. Oh, that's going to be a nightmare. Then you've got the hero Stellan Gios. Yep, get it. He's probably going to go bad a little bit. He's going to be tempted by something along the way because he just wants, you know, wants the power. And then you've got Vanessa Vernro, who is probably the person that has got that same ethical compass as Stellan Gios, but, you know, has to deal with the temptation and the master going a little bit awry and, you know, struggling with what she's been taught versus what she feels. And it's, it's just, that's probably really naive and really, I probably got that way wrong, but it just feels like Disney, man. <laughs> like, it, it's just not exciting.
0: Well, this is only a first, this is like a first snapshot, isn't it? We, yeah, we, but We have why no bother? context at the minute. We've got no context around what these characters go. I imagine that when we, when we pick up the first book, we will be dropped into uh, a bunch of stuff that's already happening. This won't be like an origin story. So in a way, but like I said, I, I think this is good because it's not going to be so much of a, like a shot in the face, like whoa! Hold on a minute. Who who are these guys? I need. I don't know what's going on here. I, I think drip feeding some information is a good way of doing it. I, I think it's probably because they're so scared of the, the, the rise of Skywalker and people just being confused and not really following what's going on. But in terms of the characters themselves, I read you. They are a little bit. If you, if you asked like fifty kids to like uh, write down your perfect Jedi character these would probably feature in a, a large number of those those options, right? Yeah,
1: exactly that. And it, it's, I don't know, I think I'm just maybe expecting too much from this multimedia attack. Like, it just makes me think, like, if I was Disney, I wouldn't, personally, I'd be trying to break the mould here. And not with the characters, like, fine, if they're the characters that the focus groups want, do the characters. Like, do those characters. But don't introduce us to them with, like, one paragraph of things. Like, give us... You know, give us Star Wars shorts on YouTube's. Give us a badass trailer that's just made up of Mandalorian style concept art. Like, run some original music over it. You know, it's just, it's just boring. Like, what? <laughs> a, what a first a first exposure to the High Republic is this? Well,
0: it's it's difficult, isn't it? Because you can't do a trailer because we have no. Of course, you can. It's Disney. Yeah, but we. Oh, what I mean is there's no um, there's no animated or live action stuff. To, you can't really do a trailer as such. So you, you, the only way you can do it really is because this is going to be print stuff. You have to just, you have to do it like this, don't
1: you? I think you could do something badass with this, dude. It doesn't need to be. Like, look at the credits of The Mandalorian. Like, the credits of The Mandalorian are more interesting than this article.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that, they do look very cool. Very, very
1: but cool. the um I'm talking like the the whole you know if you if you just did a very simple youtube video with like a pile of Ken burns effect running in it and just doom stellan geos do ding ding and it like i just feel that for the if you come out of the gates with something brand new in star wars you've got to swing hard at it i don't i don't feel you can I don't feel you can bleed and test because this is what they did wrong in in many people's view with the sequel trilogy. They're like they were a little afraid to do anything. They just did it for the focus groups, and I don't know. I just feel that with all Disney's might and everything they've got there, the animation that they can do, the the proof of concepts that they've got with things like the Mandalorian concept art. Hell, they're putting the Mandalorian concept art into books and magazines. You know, they're doing that magazine series, and I, I don't know. I just feel there would there would have been a for the sake of another million books, like commission an animated, a two minute animated short for each one of these. So that it, I don't know, I just feel that for the, the first introduction, if this is like further down the line and we've read a book or we've seen something or we're, we know about Stellan Gios or have of our, have our Chris, going back and seeing the concept art then is kind of cool. Because you're like, ah, okay, this is what we got. This was the concept art. We can we, now we've got a bit of context. We can see how this paragraph ties into what we're seeing or reading. And I think I, I just I just feel that the first exposure to this is really lackluster. Any any uh, any other point throughout the cycle, all right, that's fine. But just this is the first thing that we've seen. You know, I might be expecting too much. But holy crap! It's Disney. It's Disney. You know. Yeah. Disappointed, aren't you? It's just it's just weird. Like, I'm looking at them now. And don't get me wrong, the artwork's cool. You just but disappoint. they're just... Yeah, I read you. Like, c- could you remember them? Could you look at them? Could you describe any of them after a couple of looks? Well, I probably could
0: because, like we said a minute ago, they're quite stereotypical heroes and stuff like that. And they pigeonholed a certain look and stuff. Like Great Greatstorm. We said he's like the the old Obi wan the older type of old t- older teacher sort of thing. So I would remember him because of that that pigeonhole, and I'd probably remember the the swashbuckling Prince Charming looking Stellan Geos as the typical hero looking stuff. Uh, but the other who has quite not,
1: literally got yeah. sorry, he's got he's quite literally got the cross sword as well. So you know the uh, I can't remember what they're called the two spurs coming out of the sword the uh, hilt, out the side of the lightsaber the hilts, yeah. Hilt. Are they called a hilt? Or is that, is that the handle? I don't know. Um, oh, but yeah. yeah. I know what you mean, yeah. Like the two cross... Like the ones that um, Kylo Ren had that were actual lightsaber red bits coming out the side. These are actual metal. You know, like a a, a, a King Arthur style. Like, yeah. they've really gone for this look, haven't they? Yeah, Yep.
0: Well, it's a more civilised age. A more civilised age, age. There
1: you go. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. I like them. I just feel that... Like, if you look at everything that, um, <laughs> like, so look at Marvel and what Disney did with Marvel, maybe even not what Disney did with it. I think it might've been, even been pre-Disney, but like all the little shorts, like where you got Phil Coulson going to find Thor's hammer. It was like four minutes hmm. and I'm not saying it needs anything like that, but the, the the size of Star Wars, like these just look like they are, they are just put together like it would be any franchise like, oh, look, here's a new young adult-style franchise that we're bringing out that focuses on these mystical knights from a, a forgotten age, and, you know, you've got each particular trope of this this particular um, civilization just represented in each one of these. It's not like Star Wars just feels bigger than that. It's like you just wouldn't get this, I don't think, with anything else. And it just, I don't know, it's, it's not disappointment. It's just more like a... Just like a wet squib, like oh, now what are you going to do next to get me interested in this? Maybe I'm just not the market for it, you know. Maybe I'm not the market for it, but I just feel like they could do so much more with the budget that they've got.
0: I'll read you. Yeah, I'll read you. It would have been cool to also have um, something on the the Star Wars Kids YouTube channel or something like that, like they did with the like they did with Star Wars Rebels. We had these. Um, These little 10, 15 minute, I think they were, yeah, quite short little shows around, it was an interview with Dave Filoni and he was talking through some of the concept art that they had released and they showed some, It spoke to the animators and stuff. They could have done that with this new story group, this um, project, whatever it's called.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like that kind of thing is perfect. Just even spend a bit of time animating them up and they don't have to do anything. They can just twirl the lightsaber like, you know, like Sonic the Hedgehog when he got pissed off because you weren't moving quick enough and he taps his foot, you know? Like (laughs) tiny little bits that just do something (laughs) to bring a bit of life to these things. Um, It baffles me because it's, it's, it's just, it's like, it's almost just symptomatic of what Disney seems to be doing with Star Wars, which is just enough. Like, we'll just do enough with Star Wars to keep it relevant.
0: Yeah. No, I, I do read you. I know what you're saying. But I, I, me personally, I think this is cool. I, th- I think this is a good way of, because I, I think it will be a, a slow burn throughout the year because the books are not out until, I think, is it August? I think the first one drops. Yeah. So I think it's well, that's a, a good point. It's a slow burn, you know? So I think by the time August is here, we would hopefully have got a bunch of a cool, you know, announcements and releases and other bits of information. So this is like the first bit, I suppose. Yeah,
1: fair play, dude. That is, that's a fair point.
0: Yeah, it's not like this is out, you know, in two weeks time. But I still read you, man. I still read your your disappointment. Uh, right, moving on. Uh, we've got confirmation of the Star Wars live action stuff after a bit of a troubled start to things. So we've heard very little about the Cassian Andor series that was supposedly going to kick off at some point, but we know that that's now coming in next year. So 2021, we'll see a brand new Star Wars series over there, as well as, I'm guessing, a season three of The Mandalorian at some point next year as well. So this was a press release that went out, um, when was this? Two days ago, I believe. And it's got a rough plan for two new shows. So this doesn't mention The Mandalorian, but two new shows are coming. So the Cassian Andor thing, that's definitely next year. And now the Obi-Wan series has now been officially Uh, announced as launching then the year after, so 2022, which is a bit later than what I thought we were going to get that. But I think that's due to the early problems they were having with production and scripts and all that stuff. So it's great. So first thing, it's great that the Obi-Wan stuff is now back up and running. And then I've got a schedule for that. Uh, And also this Cassian Andor, I mean, out of the three things that are going to be happening over the next couple of years, live action wise, I think I'm less enthusiastic about the Cassian andor stuff I'm not saying it won't be great but I'm just you know that's sort of in the third position the third slot I suppose but uh, and they've also said that they're going to um, uh, because of the coronavirus thing this has obviously had a knock-on effect for uh, dates of production and stuff so that also leads into especially the Obi-Wan stuff why that's going to be a whole year later it sounds like than what it was originally planned but they're also going to do some marketing around Lego you're going to get some Lego sets for Um, these things, uh, and The Mandalorian as well, actually. So, yeah, Cassian Andor, dude, what's your view on that one?
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, it's just a weird one, this, isn't it? So, like, the Obi-Wan series is one of those that fans of a certain age, like you and I, will, will, will absolutely really want to get into. And Cassian Andor's, like, one of those sort of characters that fits into this really weird place in Star Wars right now, which is... He's a character that very strongly influences all that nostalgic stuff that you and I know and love, but yet he's a newer character. So it's he's sort of it's like he's a balance, isn't he? He's like towing that line a little bit. Um so it's a, it's a very odd one, this, because I think you've got the opportunity to do a lot of interesting stuff with it, insofar as, you know, does this link into things like the Obi-Wan series? Because they'll, you know, they're gonna fit into that that 19 year time span between Sith and uh, A New Hope. You've also got Vader knocking around. You've got Ahsoka. You've got the whole Rebel storylines going on. You've got the clones. You've got Captain Rex and everyone else still knocking about. So it's one of those things where, you know, because the Skywalker saga is kind of done with and sort of Obi-Wan gets a pass because it's Obi-Wan and you think, all right, I'm all right with this. I don't know. The Cassian Andor series for me feels like a little, like I'm not, again, I'm not overly enthusiastic about it yet, but that's not to say there's anything wrong with, the series or it won't be good. It's just that for me it's sort of a... Are they going to try and treat it as a standalone thing or are they going to try and drag out the Skywalker stuff when, as we've just said with Hamill, you know, he's done with that, that Skywalker stuff is done. Um, can again, can they make us care enough about Cassian Andor without bringing in Vader and Ahsoka and, and you know, a lot of other familiar things that we see from that Skywalker era? Or does it rely upon that happening? Does it rely upon the varying touch points between, you know, Vader existing and Obi-Wan being there and, you know, these little, just these little tenuous Easter eggs. I don't know how much of it will rely on that. And I think that's the risk for this, is that unless we care about Cassian Andor, the character, and unless Diego Luna can make us really, really, really care about him, what are we going to see? Are we going to really be bothered about it? But also, I mean, there's the other side of the coin, which is, of course, people like Bail Organa could very well have a very big impact in this. You know, one of the throwaway lines from Rogue One was that I think um, Cassian Andor said that he'd been in this since he was six years old. He'd been in, um, you know, he'd been fighting the war since, since he was six years old. So that that's the other interesting side, I think. Like, how, can we get some big ties to the Skywalker saga without it being too over? Like, without it being Vader, can it be, can it be Bail Organa? will we start to see the effect of padme's death and maybe even little leia running around as as bail organa starts to pull this ragtag bag of people together um so there's a lot of opportunity for it i just feel like it's just going to it might struggle just to find its position you know its place um i love the idea of this kind of down and dirty thriller this you know going on spy missions it's kind of like what we talked about last week which is you know we'd love to see some Stormtrooper stuff, or some X-Wing stuff, or, uh, you know, someone a bit dirtier. Like, this could be that, which I think would be pretty badass. I just feel like it, if it's not careful, it will try to be too much. It will try to be fan service with Vader and Rebels, and it will have some of the clones, and it. it'll link to Obi-Wan, it'll have Bail Organa. I think if it just sticks to its course, and maybe... Maybe tries to enhance the rebels' story a little bit, like okay, over there is the ghost crew, and that's that cell of rebels, and they're not they've not yet been pulled together by Bail Organa until series three or whatever it is. Like here's another cell of people fighting, and it's th- there's opportunity there. So that that would you know that's the thing that I would be excited about.
0: Yeah, now you've read my mind as well. I think they have to be careful with. I think it's very tactical, the shows they've gone with. I think they've done like an in-betweeny thing with The Mandalorian because when that was first announced, you had a lot of kids saying, oh, that's Boba Fett, and it wasn't quite Boba Fett. So it was familiar enough, and it was set around that time where it wasn't too far removed from the the timeline that we know from the movies. And then you've got very, very familiar, which is the Obi-Wan stuff. So that's very much, and because Ewan McGregor's back as well, that's like an absolute people- that's a guarantee pretty much unless they screw that up really badly. So the, the Cassian stuff is very much a, a, um, a fresh thing that they can, they can get in a similar way to the Mandalorian, I suppose, but not quite as familiar as as that stuff. So I do wonder if they are going to try and just write something that is fresh and new and just run with that or whether they are going to try and prop that up with those familiar characters that you mentioned So they do have to be careful with that because the last thing you want is those awesome writers that they have over at Disney and Lucasfilm to come up with these great ideas. But then you have someone else saying, well, we've tried this before. So it's a great story you've come up with, but we need to see Yoda or we need to see Vader. We need to see somebody. I'd hate for them to just not be able to do anything fresh anymore because people are just like, well, where's, where's, where's the, where's the where's the vader character gonna come in you know when are we gonna see you know this fame? when we're we gonna see chewie all that stuff so i think it could be cool if it's done correctly and the the synopsis for the show itself does sound quite cool i suppose it's um apparently it's set in the first few years of the rebellion so this is just before when we pick up at the beginning of rogue one this is like the the build up to that that film and the Cassian plays a spy and he goes on a bunch of daring missions and stuff and their goal apparently is to give hope to the galaxy subjugated by a Ruthless Empire and then we've got K2SO who's back as well so the the synopsis and the timeline for the film does sound kind of cool if they can weave a, I think it's inevitable we're going to get a few a few little cameos from people and various events and stuff I think that's 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 uh that's just given the timeline, you know, that's just what's going to happen. But yeah, no, I read you, dude. It's, um, it's an interesting one. And I think, yeah, you, are you still excited about the Obi-Wan thing? That must be, that must be cool, right?
1: Oh yeah. 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 And, and, and just to wrap up on the Cassian thing before this, yeah. Um, you know, there's, the, there's opportunity there because he, like you said, it's probably, it's probably going to be set, what, five years pre New Hope, which was maybe around where Rebels started. And I just I, that is an interesting timeline because there's opportunity to bring a soaker into it and to bring. I uh, know if you know if you look at some of the reports about Rosario Dawson being cast in multiple seasons of The Mandalorian, which I know we'll we'll either chat about later or or on the uh, or on the next ep- episode. But the it sounds like they might be doing something with that, and also people like Freddie Prince Jr. You know, Ken and Jarrison. You know, they're all they're all they're all picked for the physicality as well as their voices. You know, they, they, if, if Freddie Prince Jr. needed to grow a crappy little goatee and stick a wig on, no one would think that was out of place. You know, I'm not saying they would ever do that, but there's, there's opportunity there. And that's why I think, you know, bringing Jimmy Smith back and just maybe just giving enough, like the Mandalorian did, where the first season was very much establishing its own thing. But then it seems like season two of the Mando might be, okay, here are two or three other characters that you know about. Sure, we got the locations from season one. We got Tatooine, we got Cantinas, we got all that stuff. But well, that's cool. But then, but they stayed away from characters. And that's that's where I think this could get interesting. Like you said, the timing sounds about right uh, and everything seems like it might fit. But yeah, I mean, the Obi-Wan series, I'm, I'm excited about that. As long As long as they can find a story to tell there. And in my view and I'm, I'm sure there are many people that feel the same, like this has has a really weird balance to strike as well. Like it has to be action enough that people get the Obi-Wan that they want to see. But it also has to be personal enough that people see what has happened since Revenge of the Sith. You know, some of the most interesting Obi-Wan stuff is him struggling with what happened and communing with Qui-Gon and undertaking the training that Yoda gave him. Um, some of the stuff from a certain point of view that you read about Obi-Wan you know, all those little stories, even the old um, Kenobi book, the um, John Jackson Miller one, It's is it John Jackson Miller? Um, that book, anyway. The best stuff there is when he's struggling and when he's thinking to himself, could I have done anything different? So as long as we get that characterization and, and they really dig into that, whilst somehow managing to balance it, to be, to just have some action. When you know, like, you and I are going to be like, oh, why are you risking it? Put your freaking life sober away, dude. But at the same time, he's going to have to whip it out.
0: <laughs> yeah, the randy old Obi-Wan. Randy
1: but, old bugger lugs.
0: No, I read you. That's If they could, yeah, if they can get that stuff right, that'd be so good to watch because that book you mentioned is so good. And it also deals with the the potential love interest for Obi-Wan as well. There was that woman who ran the cafe supermarket thing. Mm. You know the rancher uh, woman. She was, um, she was like a potential love interest. We didn't go anywhere, but it does show that struggle that he has between just being a normal guy, quote unquote, or trying to. He's a bit like the A team, but just one guy. You know, like the A team are like these fugitives, mm-hmm. you know, and they turn up now and then to sort of help people. He's got. It's kind of like that, you know. He's like a like an old veteran of the war sort of thing, but he's like, you know, if you need a, he's he still wants to do the the right thing. He's like a
1: power for good. If you're like but he's, meant yeah, to he's be. Like like, yeah. <laughs> yeah he's in like rambo in the rambo of star wars and it's it's a funny one that as well because I, I do like the angle what made that book work so well was that it was such a small story it was it didn't matter on a galactic scale but it had ramifications for the people within it and it was i mean it was it was it was a feud essentially but what that real that but really did so well was give you an insight into the sand people It gave you an insight into the fact that there was, you know, here's why the sand people do what they do because of what happened five years ago when suddenly a tribe of sand people disappeared and even the kids and the women were killed and you're like, ah, okay, this is, so they connected what they did so well with that, but was connected the movies to it in a way that wasn't overt where if you didn't read any of the other stuff or watch, you'd just be like, oh, okay. So something happened to another tribe. Whereas you and I are like, that was Anakin, little bad boy. And, That's what that did so well. And and I think if they can manage to balance that, like you said, and, and, and really tell a story that's very small so that the big picture story, which is essentially Obi-Wan coming to terms with what happened to Anakin and dealing with maybe with trying to commune with, with Yoda and trying to commune with Qui-Gon and also coming from an order which is thousands strong and having a battalion and an army of clones that he could rely on as friends suddenly being thrust into the wilderness alone. Like, that's the big story with this. Yeah, the, yeah. Having a subplot that's a smaller story is no problem. Like, let him flex his action muscles, like the ATM or Rambo, on something that is totally inconsequential. And yeah, yeah. just, you know, that's the eye candy.
0: Yeah, that'd be sweet. And I'm a sucker for uh, Tatooine as well. So I'd love to see uh, all that Tatooine stuff again. Jawas, crawlers,
1: all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to see that feud kind of building up between uh, Uncle Owen as well. You know, that, that that how does he settle into life as Luke's protector when he has to live over the Dune Sea? Uncle Owen doesn't let him in. No one likes him. But he has so- still somehow got to protect Luke. Like, that mm. that will be interesting as well. Plus, you know, there's an interesting thing there as well around Maul. You know, the timing feels like it's around the height of Maul's power as as as... As the crime lord that we saw, you know, after the Siege of Mandalore. Is it Black Crimson or whatever it is? Um, You know, we saw him in Solo. Like, he's kicking around and he's very powerful as a crime lord. Plus, he's got all his dark side trade and everything else. And he's not yet faced down Obi-Wan in Rebels. So, there's a lot of little subplots that they could pull on. Mm. And I don't think anyone would be sorry to see that sort of stuff if it's treated in the right way. If it's not just... Here's a fan fest because... Surely we learnt from Rise of Skywalker that that just doesn't always work.
0: Yeah, and solo to a degree. Yeah, that, yeah. That was a bit fan service in places, wasn't it? Yeah. Would you like to see a Thrawn live-action series, or is that... Yeah. Yeah, you would. Yeah, yeah. and
1: would. the reason for that is I think that, um, personally, I think the, the, the most interesting stuff with Thrawn is the stuff out of the most recent books where, um, like, he clocked Anakin, uh, he clocked. It. <laughs> like he knew what was going on, and he was te- he was thrown such a fascinating character because he pushes people and tests them. And he, he did like he was sort of watered down a bit in Rebels because it was Rebels. Um, but if we could do something live action there where it almost adapts the books, now that would be badass. Because in particular, I think it's the second book where you get the sort of the Godfather thing going on, where you've got younger Thrawn and Anakin. And then you've got older Thrawn and Vader. And that's when you see Thrawn putting things together. And you know that Tarkin knows as well that that's Anakin Skywalker. Mm. and Now that's an that's an interesting, fascinating story that could be really woven. And I think things like that um, are where the sandbox becomes interesting because you have a character like Thrawn that for all intents and purposes is a brand new character to 90% of people on Disney+. Plus, But Unlike Cassian Andor, they've not seen him on screen. They don't think it's anything to do with Rogue One or Vader or anything. But the guys like you and me would be like, right, this is Thrawn. This is going to be pretty sweet. Let's look into it. But to the other people, it's just, wait a sec. This looks like Star Wars and there's a blue guy. What's going (laughs) on here? Like it's it's got that Yoda, that Chewbacca, that what's this other species of thing? Like what's this new Star Wars thing we've not seen? So stuff like that I think is interesting. It um, doesn't always have to be the humans, you know.
0: No, exactly, mate. Yeah, I'd love to see a Thrawn. The main, the reason I'd love to see a Thrawn series, a live action series, is because I think his character is so big in the books, in that side of things, almost as big as as Tarkin and those kind of characters. But he's just never had any love on screen apart from Rebels. And like you said, in Rebels, they was he was watered down quite a bit because it was meant to be a a, a kind of a. First of all, it was it's for kids, obviously. And second of all, you can't do too much in-depth stuff with his character because the show's not about him. He just has to be this empire dude that shows up and causes a bit of stress for them every now and then. But there's so much to that character, so much depth and history and stuff. Uh, I think he deserves a bit of live action, a bit of live action love. Would that be cool?
1: Yeah. It would, my man. It would. Yeah. Uh,
0: and that moves us on to our st- uh, story around the obi one series which we've just spoken about uh, a few days ago we were told that the troubled start has now been fixed apparently the initial ideas they had around the earlier scripts and stuff uh, which forced the show to go on a bit of a hiatus very early on because they just didn't have that the, the they just didn't feel it was right; just wasn't going the right direction. So they, they needed to rethink the story. They fired the old writer apparently, and now we've got a new writer, which is the guy who was the the uh, the exec producer on the on the third John Wick film. His name is Joby Harold. So he's now the new writer. Now I'm not sure how it works with with the Disney Plus stuff. I don't know if they have because in most tv shows you have a showrunner and he plays the role of like he, he writes a script for the odd episode but he generally oversees the other script writers and he makes sure everything ties together and he's essentially like a mix of like a writer and a producer sort of thing he oversees everything so i don't know whether this guy is that role if he's like the the guy or whether they've just said we need all of these scripts right and go and do that you're like a lone wolf kind of thing uh Not in too much depth because that's not how Star Wars works, but you know, so I don't know whether he's going to be the mastermind behind a lot of these scripts or whether he's going to be showrunner as such, but uh, it's great news that we've now got a writer that's back up and running. Just crappy news that coronavirus has now put us back a whole year or whatever, but good news, dude. Obi-Wan's back in the mix because I was worried for a little while.
1: Yeah, it was looking looking, uh, a little sketchy, wasn't it? for a little while with that. But yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people read into this and I think we would be some of the people reading into this if it wasn't the Obi-Wan series. Like, I think he gets a little bit of special treatment um, because it's Obi-Wan. But I think we want to see this succeed. We want to see see it start and crack on. Um, And as Ewan McGregor says, whether it's just BS or it's him trying to placate people or just, you know, a waylay, a bit of worry, it sounds like things are on track, but with coronavirus uh, now and with, you know, with the fact that this is... This is, you know, it's a big tentpole series for Disney+. Plus. Like, we don't know how many rewrites and rehashes The Mandalorian went through. We just weren't privy to the information because it was almost not announced. You know, it was just like, ah, The Mandalorian's coming, and then suddenly it was it was upon us. We didn't have this massive build-up for two years like we've got with Obi-Wan. So we don't know how much of this happened with, with anything else that, that, that they've done. Um... But yeah, I mean, this guy seems to have got pedigree. He's got chops. He's obviously John Wick was just a surprise hit, and then one, two, and three—they were just—they're the same film continued. So there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, I, I just hope he's the right person to tell the personal story, which I guess we'll see. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. There's that much we can even say on that one. It just—it kind of just is what it is until we get a trailer.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and the only thing that is a bit of a bummer. Potentially, is that they've cut the episode count from six to four. So that's a little bit weird. You don't really get many four part series these days in terms of TV. You normally just go in with at least six. Like a lot of things are 10 ish normally. So to cut it down from six to four is a little bit like, yeah. Does that give you enough time to flesh out Obi Wan's character in this time pocket for you to want to mm. say, yeah, I want to see a lot more? Or are people are going to be like, oh. That wasn't great, was it? I've only seen like three point something hours of Obi-Wan. What's
1: all that about? (laughs) Do you think it will be like one hour episodes, like 50, 55 minute jobbers? Um, Or do you think it will be like 40 minute episodes with 10, 15 minutes? You you know, you're you're essentially watching 30 minutes of content, but it's stretched out to 45 minutes. So what are we going to get? Because it's Disney Plus. It doesn't need breaks. It doesn't need adverts. Um, Like, what are we going to get, do you think, with this? I, I, I... I personally, I'd be pissed if it was less than forty-five minutes a pop.
0: Yeah, me too, mate. Yeah, I think that's probably it. I think it's somewhere between forty-five minutes to an hour for sort of mini movies, I suppose. What's the Mandalorian? Is that forty-five minutes? Was wasn't it the
1: f- it? no? Wasn't the first one like fifty minutes or around there, and then everything after that was like thirty minutes. Was it thirty minutes? I can't remember.
0: Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Thirty odd minutes, yeah. So, I don't think it will be that purely because it's only four parts. I think, yeah, like you, I'd be pretty pissed if we just got two hours of of Obi One stuff across four four episodes. But we mm-hmm. shall see, man. And then, as usual, you um, McGregor he's playing it very playing it down. Again, he's basically said we we had to push the dates uh, as everyone had more time to read the stuff and that had been written, and they felt they wanted to do more work on it. So they slid the shoot. It's not nearly as dramatic as it sounds online. So I think he came out earlier on and said that when they first said that they were putting the show on hold indefinitely at the time. He basically said, Look, this is nothing to worry about. This happens with TV shows all the time. The only difference is because it's Star Wars, you all know about it. And that goes back to what you were saying with the Mandalorian. That could have happened like two or three times. We don't know. but We just didn't know about it at the time. But because everybody knows every bloody thing about every bloody detail with Star Wars, you know, it. Sometimes puts people in a bit of a panic unnecessarily. So, oh, uh, Ewan McGregor uh waxing on the Obi Wan stuff there. So, looking forward to that, though, dude. I hope, 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 fingers crossed that was a good one. Uh, and then moving on to The Mandalorian, we have. I don't really. Is this news? I'm not really sure. It's not. Well, Ray, uh, Rosario Dawson, who we spoke about the week before last as being signed up to appear as. Um, Ahsoka Tano in a live action version of Mandalorian. She's apparently signed up for multiple seasons as that character. So this is not going to be a one-off. She's going to pop up as a one-shot thing, whatever, and then that's it. Apparently she's going to be a regular character as we move forward through season two and beyond. So not much to say on this one, dude, but it sounds like they are using her character like they did in Rebels, I suppose, to move the story along and a bit of a plot device, I suppose, to move that Mandalorian character in other directions. But yeah, could be cool.
1: Yeah, it's a weird one, this. I mean, it's almost news, but not. The news is that maybe we'll see Ahsoka in more than one season. But at the same time, that's not very surprising because she's probably only, you know, if there's an eight episode run or a 10 episode run, we'll see her in a maximum of five, more likely three. And it's, I mean... It's not a surprise that someone like Disney contracts someone like Rosario Dawson for more than one year. You know, that's not to say they're going to use her, but even if they do, like, there's no news there. It's fairly obvious that if a character like Ahsoka does well on on the big screen or the small screen, of course they'll be back. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's just nice to see that they're thinking ahead and that the Mandal- the, the bigger news is that the Mandalorian is, is probably planning further ahead. So we'll probably get three, four, five seasons of that. Like... The, the, the subtext of this announcement is the bigger news for me, that The Mandalorian will exist beyond season two. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if, if this is the case, then yeah, cool, man. I'm up for this. You know, if, if Rosario Dawson, I mean, she's a great actress. Pff, you know, what's there to say on it? It'll just be good.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there's not much to say on this one. It's just, it's just interesting that uh, they've, and again, I don't know how, if there's much to read into this or not because so many actors do that these days a lot of people sign up for multiple things whether it's a movie or a tv series and uh whether you actually see them again is another thing but i think they just like to tie them in so that if there's like if if one of the writers has like an epiphany it's like oh my god we need to have this character back it's like no worries man they're under contract we're just getting back in it's all good so i don't know whether that'll play a part or anything but yeah Ahsoka, we might yeah. see her, you know, more than more than seriously. I'm hoping she
1: gets a bit of action time, you know, a bit of vroom vroom time.
0: Well, you'd hope so. Otherwise, proper yeah, job though. Yeah, like proper. Yeah, Proper. Uh, before we wrap up the show, dude, uh, we're going to finish on a story that you had me really scratching my brain over earlier today. <laughs> I just could not. So, before we recorded Mark said, dude, please tell me you get you know what's going on with this article and um uh, essentially it centers around adam driver who it turns out didn't really need a stuntman just whenever he was going through all the, the bits and pieces that you see on screen the stuntman's just sitting down having a mcdonald's watching what's going on adam driver's doing his thing and i can i i'm having a real slow day i blame it on the <laughs> coronavirus just you know completely whacking my brain out of sync and I'm not sure what's going on. So dude, tell me what the crack is with this.
1: All right. So this article is, uh, it's, it's, it's just a fairly normal kind of Star Wars article, which basically says Adam Driver likes doing his own stunts. And Daisy Ridley is actually better at stunts than she thinks. Like, that, that's the crux of the article, isn't it? It's not a big deal. It's just, yeah, okay, Adam Driver's pretty cool. He did a lot of his own stunts in Ride to Skywalker. So I'm sat on the sofa last night. Sam's out and about, or she's like, you know, whatever, gone to, to get something. I'm, I thought I'll do my quick research like I do and uh, get some stuff ready for the show, stick it on Trello. And just as I close this down, so I swipe this off my screen and catch a glimpse of this name. So I... <laughs> I'm like, no way. This can't be the case. This cannot be the case. So I fired it back up, scrolled back to the place where I saw the name. And he, <laughs> the stunt coordinator is a person called Eunice Huthart, who I recognised as being the 1994 champion of gladiators <laughs> in the UK. Shut up. And big time, mate. <clears throat> and I remember watching it because Fash the Bash, John Fashno, John Fashno, Augar right, so he <laughs> was like there was wolf on there. Like the, you remember when gladiators was huge, like a Sunday night thing yeah, 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 in the UK. Yeah. Was there was a woman that absolutely bossed it, and I even guessed the year. I even remembered the year was 1994. I remember watching this as a 12 year old kid, thinking she has absolutely bossed this, and she did. It was like this big. UK wide event because this woman just did so well on gladiators like she ran rings around them anyway she's the stunt coordinator on Rise (laughs) of Skywalker so I'm sat there close it down I'm like that is not the 1994 gladiators champion it only bloody is and no one else gives a crap about it but I'm absolutely ecstatic about this I think it's men (laughs) so I went and looked her up I'm like what has she done since then she was that good at gladiators She won Gladiators. They brought her back as a gladiator. Like, that's how good she is. (laughs) And then she went on to do stunt coordination for, like, Angelina Jolie's Salt film. She's the godmother to Angelina Jolie's, um, one of Angelina Jolie's kids. Like, she's just worked on all sorts of things. Titanic, dude. She's worked (laughs) on Fifth Element, Tomb Raider, V for Vendetta. It is insane, mate. And... So this was just the most random trivia. I'm doing my research and spot this name that no one else would recognise and instantly made the connection because I recognised it as the 1994 UK UK Gladiators Champion. What a random day that was. <laughs>
0: well, I'm glad that you've... Because I was reading through this article and I, Mark's just sat there and he's watching me read it. And I, I think he's looking at me over Zoom thinking... The penny's going to drop in a minute. The penny's going to drop. He's going to see it. The penny's going <laughs> to drop. And I think for the second time today, I've disappointed Mark quite a lot. So, but now you've said it and I didn't, even when I read the name again, Eunice, I thought that doesn't ring a bell. But when I just Googled her and I I saw what she looks like as Blaze in Gladiators in the mid nineties, I'm like, right, I gotcha. I recognize her now, but crikey. Yeah. So after all that, that was the trivia. It was just the the chick that was on Gladiators. The, no,
1: but she wasn't just on Gladiators. She absolutely hammered all the Gladiators. Like, she was the boss. It was like a, it was a a UK national event in 94 when this happened. I was like, Kit Kats at the ready. We were all watching it around the... T- oh, my word. It was amazing. Yeah, man. Wagon she, wheels. She it was it. the
0: thing, yeah. She's got wagon wheels in, got some coke, sat down and just... It was great, man. It was like proper 90s TV. And... um. Didn't they have, um, yeah, because I think the, the gladiators that they chose, they were like proper pro or supposedly pro sports people, athletes, bodybuilders, all those people that you'd think would just kick everyone's ass. But then you're right. Yeah, this chick turns up and she's like, "Huh? I don't think so. Yeah. So I think she did that. And then she, oh no, because she did that. Then she went on to win international gladiators. And then they yeah. said, like, dude, you're the shit. How would you feel about coming to, be? yeah, so. So she was the stunt coordinator, was she on the Rise of Skywalker? Yeah,
1: wow, which amazes me. Like it amazes me that someone from twenty odd years ago, twenty six years ago, who just is in this like this weird position of having this like this kind of weird like the law L O R E, (laughs) you know, the law around this person. Like when gladiators were at its peak, suddenly twenty six years later, surfaces on the biggest film of the year, arguably, (laughs) doing this, and you, life like amazes me. It amazes me. Like, you expect to see Bruce Forsyth being like, you know, R2-D2's head pops up and out pops Bruce Forsyth. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what kind of world we're living in now, when someone that wins Gladiators is doing the stunt coordination for Rise of Sky. Like, what next? Are we going to see Wolf from Gladiators? Like, is what is he going to be? Is he going to be, like, what? Is he going to be a host of the Generation Game? What is... Where are people going to pop up, dude? I know, right? Or are we are going to have, like, a... a a
0: relaunch of Gladiators, and Adam Driver's going to be one of the contestants.
1: <laughs> you were nothing. Your parents were nothing. All right, Adam Driver. Yeah, leave it, right. it out, mate. I know the smack talk. But whew, come on, dude. Because Adam Driver. <laughs> Jeez. So we- anyway, that was the trivia. I know it was very random, but holy, cr- like I just, I had to laugh to myself because I just fired it back up last night. I was like, no way. How the hell did I recognize that name from a Sunday night in
0: 1994? Ugh. What a world. There we go. What a world we live in, and that's just that's another one of the strings to Mark bow is that he's not just you know he's not just the face of a successful podcasting hosting company and this very podcast. He also knows just random shit just from just from a name. Bosh. There we are. We're on like a ten minute chat about gladiators.
1: A lot of stuff mid nineties I know about. Yeah. Really weirdly, I don't know why.
0: Yeah talking the mid 90s there's a, a whole bunch of youtube channels that have enabled a lot of the cartoons for free over the past week uh anyone that's into marshall brave star he-man mask all that stuff yeah they want on youtube are you kidding me i'm not kidding mate they've put all of the mask. episodes mask uh thundercats jason the world warriors they've just put all of them out there for free dude on youtube so
1: jason the Wild warriors yeah. holy crap what this a theme is amazing
0: tune. what a theme tune cartoons do not have the theme tunes like they did back in the day man ah oh, right
1: YouTube
0: <laughs> yeah going while, while Mark's doing that we're gonna uh, we're gonna we're gonna do there for episode 51 I think we've now drifted away from we've not done any office this week but we have gone into 90s TV But thank you so much, everybody, for coming back and listening to another week, another episode on Spark of Rebellion. It's great to have you all back. And any newcomers uh, waving to you from uh, in front of the microphone, welcome to your weekly Star Wars podcast. It's great to have you all here. If you like what we do here, then head over to whatever podcast app you listen to your podcast on. Give us a subscription there uh, or head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. You'll be able to link off to all the various podcast apps and stuff it would be great to have you a subs- as a subscriber blah, 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 so that you don't miss a show and it lands every Saturday are on the socials to Instagram Twitter and Facebook hit us up over there we chat lots of Star Wars throughout the week and post pics of useless random collectibles as I've been doing the last few days and if you like what we do and you want to support the show then head over to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Rebellion. You can jump on from a dollar upwards, get yourself some swag with loads of tears. you can get involved. We'd love to have you. And thank you so much to our current patrons. It's been great as always, dude.
1: Always good to chat, dude. Always a fun one. Uh, again, there's a lot of news. It's always amazing how much Star Wars news there is when it feels like nothing's going on. So, yeah, it's been good to recap some of the news and dig into some stuff there. Uh, thanks to our new Patreon for my homie, Derek. Thank you for... Uh, Jumping in and, and supporting us over there, and of course, as, as Gaz says, thanks to all of our current patrons as well. It's, uh, it, it's it's a weird time, as we said at the beginning of the episode, unlike we said last week. But it's 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 something that we're very grateful to be able to do is, is keep being able to do this and, uh, and, and and keep publishing the show. So thanks to everyone that listens, and yeah, whatever you need to see from Sparker Rebellion. If you want to see any anything new, anything different, if you want anything tweaking, changing, improving let us know but i think it would be hard for us to get any funnier than we are guys because we are quite hilarious of course um, so yeah cheers dude always good to chat <laughs>
0: always good indeed yes so uh, we will finish there take care of yourselves uh, stay healthy stay home and until next week for episode 52 may the force be with you always